Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks. They're the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just go to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section when signing up. This week on TWIP, the Ansel Adams Act goes to Congress, also Petapixel posts on a Lightroom 6 leak, plus Photoshop turns 25 years old, and finally, how Peter Lick sold one half a billion dollars in fine art prints. It's Monday, February 23rd, 2015, and this is TWIP. Hello and welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today, this week, to discuss the happenings in photography are Mr. Derek Story and Mr. Sill Arena. Hey dudes, how you doing? Doing I'm great. Doing great. You guys, you guys are always doing great. I want to do that first intro piece one day and have someone just say, you know, Frederick, life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. I'm being audited and this happened and that happened. I want to hear that one day. We never hear that. Um, but so Derek, what's going on with you, man? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm, um, getting ready to go down to Linda to record actually this week. That's my big push. I'm going to do a movie on Cuba oh. that, uh, I just got back from. So, Very so cool. yeah, it's been fun. I've been working on the assets and been writing the copy and, um, looking forward to going down there and, um, knocking out, I hope a great movie. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, looks like I may be going down to Cuba in June. Nice. So. Yeah, I'm excited. It's my nice. first time down there. We should talk before you go. Well, and also uh, Doug went, right? Yeah, Doug's been down there. We, yeah. should do, we should do an interview or a show or something where we just like break Cuba open and talk about it. And then we can talk about your course and all that stuff. There's a lot, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, welcome. There's a lot of stuff, fun stuff to talk about in this show too. So we'll, we'll table that. All right. Uh, Mr. Sill arena over there floating in the black abyss over there. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? So just uh, thinking about fond memories of Cuba. I was there just uh, uh, two years ago. Oh, nice. So it's been really interesting to see it all break open for everyone and hear everybody in the last month say, we're going, we're going, we're going. And I feel yeah. like, oh, I went back when. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Uh, it was a, so if you do a show, like an all Cuba show, I definitely want to be on that. Done, done. So oh, That'd yeah. be awesome. That'd be so awesome. Yeah. yeah it was it. I mean, it'll be self-serving because I'm going and I need, I need prep. So it'll be a prep <laughs> show for Frederick. <laughs> Glad to help. Glad um, to help. So no, life's good. I'm, I'm uh, working on the, what I've now called the third edition of the Speedlighters Handbook because it's taken so long to get it out. It's really the second. And I told my editor this afternoon, I was like, let's just skip the second edition. And you know, it's six months late. So we'll just publish it as the third edition and see if anybody notices. And um, what did they say about that? I don't know. You know, they have to have a sense of humor because if they don't, then uh, you know, it's yeah. painful to work with me. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited about the book. I actually turned in 66 more pages over the weekend. Um, it's been a, it's been a long haul. I started, 
uh, let's see, gosh, you know, I started almost a year ago and I was like, oh, this won't take, but you know, like I'll be done by the end of the summer. It's a rewrite. It's no big deal. No, it's a complete rewrite. I'm amazed at how much has changed um, my workflow, the modifiers that are out there. It's really an exciting time. Uh, more exciting now, I think, to be somebody who uses small flash than it was even five years ago when I wrote the first edition. I remember when you were when you wrote that first edition. I think it was the first edition, and how you got sick, you know, oh, writing yeah. that thing. And when yeah. you told me you were writing another edition, I was like, you know, I think Sill must be <laughs> like one of those those self flagellation monks, you know. <laughs> now Sill's a guy with kids in college, so yeah. he just keeps moving forward. There you go. There you go. Well, they're always good books, so keep cranking them out, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Before we jump into the show, I want to thank our first sponsor for this episode of This Week in Photo, and that's our good friends over at FreshBooks. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain and thankfully FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or you know sort of messing with our creative juices with FreshBooks you can invoice clients it's easy you can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger you're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff you can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone you can whip up business reports you can stay on top of your income expenses and tax time is coming up so with a couple of clicks you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash twip, enter the code this week in photo or twip in the how did you hear about us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to, uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of this week in photo. This week on the TWIP Network, over on Street Focus, Valerie takes on some listener Q&A. And by the way, it turns out the Q&A episodes of Street Focus are some of the most popular. Also over on Your Itinerary, Rob Knight interviews Andy McSweeney about photographing in Belgium. And on the next TWIP Weddings, Bruce, Brian, and Robert sit down with Washington, D.C.-based wedding photographer Jamie Delane. They talk about taking on personal projects. All that and more is happening this week on the TWIP network you can subscribe to any or all of our shows over at thisweekinphoto.com slash subscribe 
All right, guys, let's do story number one here. This one is interesting, and I hope you guys read this. I'm going to read it for the, for the audience. The title here, or the headline is Ansel Adams Act Goes to Congress. And here's a little blurb about it. A new Ansel Adams Act introduced in Congress could have big implications on photographers' rights across the United States. The bill aims to restore the First Amendment rights to photographers by removing restrictions on taking photos in public places. It was introduced in January. It was introduced January second, twenty fifteen, by Republican U.S. Representative Steve Stockman of Texas. The document discusses the disturbing trend in recent years of U.S. governments creating regulations that prohibit or restrict photography in places such as national parks, public spaces, and of subjects such as government buildings, police officers, and other government workers. So. The perfect topic for TWIP, you know, in fact, a TWIP, a couple of TWIP listeners sent this in asking us to, to bat this around. So, you know, I, I want to put it, put it on you first, you know, when you, <laughs> have you ever been accosted, first of all, by taking photos in a public place of something that you thought was relatively innocuous? No, you know, I think I've been really fortunate. Uh, maybe my hair just scares them away. I don't know. Um, it's, I, I think this is great. I've never personally been accosted, but I am amazed, amazed at the apparent stupidity of, uh, with all due respect, you know, peace officers and other public officials who truly don't understand. Um, and, you know, I get that after in a post 9-11 world, we had to be different than we were pre 9-11. But these many years on, I think this is a really healthy and frankly much needed step back in the right direction yeah. so that we can have this public discourse and we can particularly on federal properties um, and I think it's so appropriately named I mean imagine if Ansel Adams had not been able to shoot in Yosemite Valley right, um, right. so you know I'm, I think this is great and um, regardless of whatever they do to try to screw it up I hope it makes it, it makes it through very quickly yeah, and you know, you know what I what I thought of when I saw this was you can create all the bills and regulations and repeal whatever laws, but when it comes down to it, it's that security guard that's in front of the museum mm-hmm. that is going to come out there and say, "Hey, Derek, you know, you can't be out here shooting." <laughs> Derek, Derek, what do you, what do you say? So, say this goes through the Ansel Adams Act is ratified. It's all good. Photographers everywhere are rejoicing. Derek takes his tripod out. He's going to go take some pictures of his local police station. Just because because he can. So you go out there and you set up and you get accosted. What, What do you do? Yeah, let, let, let's test this bad boy. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the airport, kids. <laughs> well, actually, I have been uh, before uh, in San Francisco during a workshop. I had a security guard while we were doing the workshop out street shooting. Yeah. Uh, come and, and uh, you know, the thing that, and I used it as kind of a talking point for the workshop, you know, so in that way it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, the first thing that I do, and actually I learned this from my dad, which is, you know, let whoever it is say what they're going to say, don't interrupt them. You know, so let, so I just let him say his thing and he, it was a security guard um, for, um, well, it was the, the Levi building there mm-hmm. and, uh, that you can't, they have a big park and everything and you can't shoot anywhere around there, which is, was really weird to me. And uh, so I let him say his thing. And then I just, you know, said that we're, you know, we're just hanging out, taking pictures and having fun. And he wanted to 
you know, inquire about, you know, what we have taken and, and you know, maybe confiscate our, our memory cards or something. A security guard, really? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we talked them out of that. And, we, and I, I did, I must admit, I did, I did fib a little bit about what we had done up until that point. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, the first time I was in that situation, the guy actually wanted me to erase the pictures, which I said, fine. No, I said, fine. I said, absolutely fine. I'll erase the pictures right now. So I had him stand right there. I erased them to his complete satisfaction because then all I did was take the memory card out, put it in my pocket, put a fresh one in and then go back and, and restore it on the computer. So, right, right. you know, so, uh, you know, my advice has always been when you're in that situation is like, don't make a fuss, just try to kind of talk your way through it and get out of there. And, and just know if you have to erase pictures or if you need to offer that option up to get out of there, do it. And then just switch cards out and restore it when you get but back. See, you know, where, where I, that, I can see if it was an, a police officer, right? Especially sure. an armed police officer. <laughs> you know, yeah. they say, you know, you got to erase those, whatever. Then I would comply. I don't think I would argue with a police officer because mm -hmm. presumably these guys know the law or they're supposed to know the law better than I am. And I'm in a strange place or whatever. But if it's a security guard and <laughs> someone who's getting paid slightly over minimum wage to wear this uniform and walk around, right. they come at me and they say, hey, dude, you're going to have to erase everything on that card. And... I, I don't know that I would comply. And what if I don't comply, what's his recourse? To yell at me? Harsh language? I mean, come on. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on the situation. Now, like when I was in it, I had a, a group of people there. So I, I really, a lot of times, you know, I try not to let my, I don't know, for lack of a better word, ego get involved here. And, uh, and that's a problem for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and try to, you know, uh, work my way out of it. Uh, if, you know, if you're by yourself, you know, and you're, you know, you're up for, you know, putting your foot down. I think that's, that's perfectly fine. You know, I, I think it depends on, you know, what you're game for. And, you know, to your original question, even if the law changes, it's going to take a while before it's, it's evenly applied. We know how this works. And I think that's, you implied that in your question, yeah. you know, there are going to be people who just don't know, and they're still going to be trying to enforce, you know, a law that isn't viable anymore. So, uh, but you know, my bottom line is I, I'm, I tend to negotiate in those situations uh, is in all honesty, I figure, uh, you know, that I can outsmart the person and, you know, get yeah, off of course. Day, you know, but it's up to you. I mean, you know, you want to draw the line, have, and, you know, add a little excitement to your day. I'm all for it. And I wonder in both of you guys, Syl and Derek, I wonder you know, back when there was a there was a question on whether Google Glass was going to take over or not <laughs> or take off, you know, and since, of course, we know that it's at least the way things look today is it's not going to take off. It's <laughs> <laughs> an understatement, I buddy. Said, <laughs> hey, I have Google Glass and it's been sitting in the in my drawer here for like a month. So I know you offered me into the program. <laughs> If anybody wants to buy a slightly used pair of Google Glass, email me. <laughs> um, but like with those, you're essentially wearing, a, you know, a nondescript camera and you could be taking photos all yeah. over the place. You yeah. could be walking in public places. You could be in a police station Yeah. if they were designed correctly and you wouldn't, you know, no one would know. What about that? I mean, well, I actually, I'm a little uncomfortable with that, to tell you the truth. 
Yeah. I, I mean, the one thing, you know, when we do, I do a lot of street photography. I got a workshop coming up in April and I'm not really the, a big fan on sneaking pictures. Yeah. You know, it's not really my thing, yeah. you know, and I, and I don't feel like you have to, I'd rather be up front and kind of deal with it in, in real time than, than sneak pictures. And I, I sort of felt like the Google glass was like the ultimate sneak picture sort of thing, like the old spy cam or something. You know? Right. Yep. And um, so in all honesty, sometimes it creeps me out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, so what do you think about you? Not to take this, this conversation completely in the direction of covert <laughs> photography and Google Glass, but in, in, in the, uh, you know, sort of the, the context of this Ansel Adams law, how do you think, I mean, cameras are getting smaller and smaller mm -hmm. and they're going in nondescript places. There's these wearables. People can wear all over the place and they're always shooting. I mean, is this a law? Like, is this too late? I mean, is the cat already out of the bag? So, so I think the first thing to share is that, you know, somebody wants to take covert pictures to do surveillance. They're already doing that. And they're not us. Mm -hmm. We're standing out at the end of a runway photographing jets landing. And, you know, I, I, so there's really a couple of things. And I get the context in which a lot of this happened. I mean, we've got to go back and think about what a post 9-11 world was mm -hmm. in the months and year after 9-11. Right, right. A completely different world than the one that we live in today, fortunately. So the reality is, you know, bad people are still going to go out. If they want to do bad things, they'll find ways, whether we're talking about guns or yeah. drones or covert cameras or whatever. I think the real practical aspect of the Ansel Adams Act is that it now becomes something, and, and Derek's absolutely right. The day this passes, we're still going to have problems. Photographers are still going to get hassled. Yeah. But at least now there's going to be a public dialogue. It'll be in the news for 22 seconds. And we can at least point to it and say, you know, I get that. And I think Derek's absolutely right. And his dad was a genius. Just let the guy say his thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because the reality is, it is that minimum wage security guard who's trying to do a good job because he wants to be a policeman or whatever. Right. Um, right. It's those kind of people that are going to give us harder times than, you know, law officers who are trained. Yeah. So at least this way we're going to have something to point to and say, um, you know, actually I think I'm well within my right and Congress recently dealt with this and sure it'll take six months or a year for it to, to populate and it'll take some other cases and instances, but Overall, I think it's a really helpful thing. It's a public awareness thing. Yeah. Um, and as for whether people are, you know, sneaking photos, I mean, I've been taking photos of you guys this whole show. <laughs> so, so you're going to have to give me that memory card. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> well, let me say this really quick. I'll tell you a very funny story. When, yeah. when I got my 5D Mark III, which was the first camera I had that had two memory card slots, I had this thing where I kept shooting. I saw my images in the back of my camera. I take the card out of the camera. I'd put it in Lightroom and Lightroom would say, there's no photos here. And man, I went back and forth and back and forth. And I emailed my friends at Lexar and I was like, I can't figure this out. I can't, you know, it's like, it's driving me crazy because I can see the photos. Long story short, I had both my compact flash card in, which was the one I was taking in and out. And I'd forgotten that I had stuck an SD card in and because of the Lexar black frame, it totally blended into the body of my camera. And ever since then, I said, if I was going to go out and be a street photographer in a place where I might get hassled, I'm going to put a throwaway SD card in there. Yeah. And when they say, give me the card, I was like, okay, no problem. Here you go. Sorry. Have a nice day. And just walk away. Stealthy. And, Stealthy. you know, but 
I think if you've got to erase them in front of it, I'm going to take a page out of Derek's book and say, okay. So let that be a lesson to all the security guards out there listening That's to right. this. All if, the you come, if you come across a fiery haired photographer, right. check both slots. <laughs> 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 so, you know, this, this, the whole issue, and we've talked about this ad nauseum on TWIP, you know, regarding, and it's, it seems to be a global issue, right? Like Derek, you said post 9-11 and before that it was an issue um, with photographers being restricted from where they can shoot and all that. And it kind of reminds me, this, as we talk about these security guards, it reminds me of TSA, you know, like you're, you're yeah. to New York or Vegas or something. You just want to get to your gate so you can sit down and wait until they call you to go get on the plane. And you're almost willing to put up with anything, you know, as you, whether it's within your rights or not, you know, whatever mm -hmm. they say, you're like, you know what, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to check inside there? Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know? So you just go through. And the same thing with this. If you're out shooting, I think the default for most people, myself included, is like, you know what, all right, you know, just whatever it's going to take for you to get out of my face, you know, so I can get on with the, with the fun of taking photos, let's just do it. You know, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do it a little bit differently. I, I like to have a plan going into, okay, what if I run into something? What if I, so I, you know, I, I, I will, I'm not really big on saying, oh, okay, let's just take the path of least resistance. What, I, what I'm big on is like knowing, look, I'm the photographer. I know a lot more about how this stuff works than this guy. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So if I can't outmaneuver him in this situation, then, you know, what the heck am I doing on TWIP right now? Right. You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, you know, you know, my, my thing is, look, you know, just, just gently, you know, you know, take care of the situation. But uh, if I did not have that option, if I did not have that option, that would be different, Frederick. I mean, then, you know, then I'm going to take a different course because if I don't think I should have to give up those pictures, I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I just thinking, if I can uh, not give up those pictures and not make a fuss, then that's the way I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll keep an eye on this. I'm I'm glad this this act is in motion. You know, mm -hmm. it is a it's better to have this than not have it, right? But I think that it's cool. Things may be a little bit similar to not having it when the act goes through. <laughs> you still have to act, quote, act with uh, common sense as you operate, right? And I think we ought to bring up one other thing. You know, there's this uh, being able to take pictures. And then there's the whole, you know, public buildings and, you know, and copyright and for commercial purpose and all that, which I think is a, is a different level of mm -hmm. what we're talking about here. So I just want to make sure that we, we don't get the different things confused. Sure. Like there, there are some buildings where you can't uh, commercially, you know, uh, have their in there without property rights, you know, signed off on them. Yeah. So I, I don't think my understanding is this doesn't affect that. No, no. I think this is, this is of relatively innocuous subjects that yeah. were previously prohibited or unknown, you know, before, and now at least there'll be a letter of the law around it. Right. So, well, cool. Well, you know, as usual, we'll keep an eye on it. All right, guys, let's move on to story number two. And we're going to be brief on this story because this is a, this is a leak. Um, and it comes from our friends over at Petapixel about Lightroom 6. And Derek cannot talk about this because he probably knows <laughs> more than most people on the planet about Lightroom. So I'm going to mute Derek. <laughs> so he doesn't get in trouble with another A company. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so it's two, uh, two shows yeah two shows yeah because derek derek uh might have gotten in trouble with someone else on the last show <laughs> yeah maybe 
Um, so from Petapixel, they say Lightroom 6 is coming soon and a leaked product listing is giving us a good idea of what we can expect in the latest version of Adobe's popular tool for photographers. One of the features touted in the listing is performance gains, in quotes, introduced by leveraging compatible graphics. In other words, it seems the new version of the program will finally make use of your computer's GPU or graphics processing unit for faster performance, especially when editing photos using the develop module. Plus there's talk of a quote fusion feature that merges multiple photos, including raw photos into a seamless panorama and an HDR feature for combining multiple exposures into single photos of high contrast scenes. Other features mentioned were non in the include a non-destructive environment, which I thought Lightroom was already non-destructive. <laughs> um, I could comment on that. <laughs> you can confirm that it's non-destructive. <laughs> 100 percent sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or what if it's announced that Adobe is going to a destructive environment? <laughs> they have that already. It's called Photoshop. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the other thing is advanced black and white conversions, presets, facial recognition for quickly finding and sorting photos by people, and a powerful healing brush, a photo straightening tool that can work even without a horizon line, video slideshows, web galleries, online sharing, and a photo and photo book creation. When I read that paragraph, I was thinking, oh, okay, so they're putting all of Aperture's features inside of the Lightroom. Because <laughs> everything in there was, is slash was in Aperture. You know? Well, now, now would be a good time to do that. Now would be the perfect time, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, you got kicked out of your old apartment? Yeah. We have another apartment <laughs> over here that's exactly the same number of bedrooms, and it's cheaper. you yeah, love it. You're going to love it. Great view, everything. I don't know. So, Sil, you have anything to say on this? You know, I know there's not much to say about a leak, but you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say two things. I love Petapixel, but I'm really tired of all of the news that all of these sites create from leaked information. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, you know, it's like it's just all one-upsmanship. Can we get out there earlier and earlier? The whole thing that led up to Canon's announcement of the new 5Ds, and I was getting 30 stories a day, and it's like. God, who cares? Whatever it is, it is. When and when it comes out, it'll probably be good. Yeah. You know, I love, I love uh, Lightroom, and yeah. um, it's changed my life as a photographer. <laughs> and you know, if half the, it's like whatever. It's just sign me up. I got Creative Cloud anyway. So if I, you know, if I go from five point seven to six point one tomorrow, I probably won't even notice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I wonder when we. Where do we get to the point where? I mean, I worry about Lightroom, and I'm sure the Adobe folks are concerned with this too, but I worry about Lightroom suffering the same fate of Photoshop, mm. you know, and becoming the Winchester mystery house of software, where it's just like all <laughs> this stuff, the Medusa just keeps getting added and yeah. added until it's useless. So is that, is that the segue? Are we moving on to story number three, Frederick? We are <laughs> going to move on to story number three. So thank you, Sil. Yeah, so we'll thanks. move on. So yeah. story Story number three is about Photoshop, the Winchester mystery house of software. <laughs> For you folks that don't live in the Bay Area, you might be wondering, what is the Winchester mystery house? Mm -hmm. So the Winchester mystery house, strategically located on Winchester Avenue in San Jose, is a, a home that was owned by the Winchesters, makers of guns, you know, the Winchester guns. And the, the story goes that the, the woman was haunted by the spirits of all the people that the guns killed, and they were telling her to add rooms to the house so she added all these rooms or had all these rooms added in inexplicable places and corners and all this stuff so you ended up with this weird kind of house that looks haunted and it's now the winchester mystery house so 
that's the analogy to Photoshop <laughs> with all the stuff in there that's got added over time. Mm -hmm. And you know, that some of which you may have never even launched. There's probably code still, I would imagine there's code in Photoshop that you never even has, it's never even seen the processor in your computer. You I, I, I use like two things in Photoshop. Um, you know, I do CMYK conversions for stuff that goes out for commercial printing. Yeah. And I'm really, really good with a clone stamp. I can fix anything with a clone steel. <laughs> to seal, it seals a hammer you know, and everything is a nail. <laughs> I, 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 it's like that whole non-destructive thing. I love it until I got to make a serious change. Yeah. And then, damn it, I just want to get in there and say, take it from here to there. And, um, but no, seriously. I, and I was looking at this story, you know, Photoshop, 25 years old. And I was thinking, so I got on board with Photoshop 3. And I was trying to sort out, that was like, 98 yeah, you know i still have i still have my bruce frazier photoshop 3 bible book at home oh nice the one is like this thick yeah it's like that thick right <laughs> and i keep it around as a doorstop in case i have a door that ever needs to be stopped yeah and um no as a souvenir you know but and so i think about um what it was way back then you know putting images on on 250 mega or 256 megabyte sidequest discs i remember those you know, and all, drives. all of that stuff so you know i'm i'm grateful that it's around there are things that i had implicitly into photoshop for um but 90 the reality is 99 percent of my time managing pixels is done in lightroom yeah and i love the fact that it's non-destructive and i you know so i can't say enough good things because the, the guys at adobe they deserve in my case every penny they extract from me yeah um and i've now finally embraced the whole creative cloud thing they make me feel good because you know once a week it says oh you need to update this it's like okay i'm getting mm -hmm. a unicorn or a pixie dust or whatever. <laughs> i'm getting new superpowers this week but you're right there's there's like code that I don't even know. And like the whole video thing that you can do and 3D, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, that's, that's a younger man's game now, as far as I'm concerned. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. And I, you know, just a formal congratulations to Adobe for reaching 25 with Photoshop because you're right. I mean, you say Photoshop, so you say Photoshop has changed your life. It's changed my life. It's changed, changed the life of all of us. Every, every image you know? maker, photographer, graphic designer, whatever. Anybody, looks at, anybody who looks at a picture. Yeah, yeah. You know, literally, I mean, Photoshop has become a verb, right? It is a verb. Yeah. Has it been Photoshopped? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. the Iraq army photoshopped some missiles in or the, you know, whoever that was. And yeah, yeah. So you know you've made it when you become a verb. Yeah, yeah. North Korea probably needs a lynda.com subscription so they could probably yeah. get better yeah. at Photoshop. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kim Jong. <laughs> Now Twip's going. Uh, oh, God, no, God. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly to all of the Twip episodes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. So, hey, 20, 25 years of Photoshop. What do you think? Has it changed your life at all? Yeah, yeah. I, I was back at the 2.5 days. So, I mean, it's it's a big deal. And uh, on the, I was watching the uh, Academy Awards on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And uh, Adobe did a commercial on the academy awards for 25 years and it, it was a heck of a commercial i mean you it gotta was imagine i can't imagine adobe it was, putting out a fantastic commercial it was good it was good and it, it was really showing you know the, the the power and creativity uh you know that the, what an artist can do with photoshop yep. and it moved and it was well done i mean it was i was really impressed with it i'm sure it's it's available online oh yeah and you know people who who like photoshop should should check it out 
but yeah i mean you know this this thing this thing is is a sledgehammer photoshop and mm -hmm. and uh you know lightroom yeah, i can do 95 percent of what i need to do in lightroom mm -hmm. and i i wander over to photoshop every now and then when i need to do something specific but i i think lightroom is more of the of the, of the modern photographer's tool yeah and i think photoshop is for everyone graphic artists and you know and, and designers and you can do anything in Photoshop. You, you can, can do anything, anything, anything. You can create 3D. You can, yeah. you can, if you only use Photoshop, you could probably get everything you needed to get done. If you became the expert, you know, on everything that Photoshop has to offer, you, you'd essentially have superpowers in today's age, right? You would. You would. And, you know, it's funny because I was listening to what Syl was saying, and I think we're almost all this way. We, we have like the, the five, eight, ten things that we know how to do in Photoshop really yeah. well. And that's what to make a drop shadow like nobody's. But. Yeah, exactly. You know, with the, with the layer and the whole deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and those are the things that we do. And, and it's okay. I just want to say it's okay not to know how to do the other 958 things. It's, right. it's all right. When, when you need to learn it, go to Linda, learn that one. And then, you know, then you know how to do 11 things. Right. Yeah. But that's just the way, you know, that's just the way that baby is. Right? So, so I just want to jump back in, though, because this, this raises a really big issue. There are a lot of photographers, uh, emerging photographers, novices who want to up their game and they're coming out of iPhoto or whatever photos um i you know it's like they think they still have to learn photoshop yeah. and it's like no don't even worry about it you know lightroom honestly if if i didn't have to convert things to cmyk for printing i i'd probably figure out the local adjustments in lightroom um, and get them to be this clone stamp sledgehammer that i know how to use in photoshop so it is there was a time clearly where you had to know photoshop to be um a digital photographer to be a viable shooter but i think that day's gone yeah yeah it's, um, yeah it's interesting yeah you know, i remember remember back in the day when if you didn't have photoshop on your resume then you weren't a real image yeah. maker right it was like right. you got a photoshop page maker and or quark express on there you remember those days oh yeah long live quark express yeah it's gone it's so when gone. do you think the federal trade commission is going to look at photoshop and say you know this is a lot like at&t we're going to bust you up and you're going to have like the video thing and the, you know. <laughs> i wish adobe would do that to be honest with you i wish adobe would just like reimagine Photoshop, create a core that does like five things really well, the five things that everybody does that we all do in there, and then allow you to purchase modules to add on video, to add on 3D, to add on something and bolt them on like Voltron onto the main, to the main engine there and instead of forcing all that code down on me. Yeah. yeah, but you know, a year into my Creative Cloud subscription, because I know it's a year because they're telling me they want more money from me now, yeah, which yeah. I'll give them tomorrow. Pay but, the big. Um, you know, I look, I look at it and go, well, I don't care that it's like, because it, it's not hogging up space in my computer. It's like, okay, it's there and I'm glad it's there. So I don't know, you know, the idea of busting it up other than just trying to understand what the hell's there. Yeah, now you know, got sleeker. I just see a sleeker version of it, kind of like what Adobe or not Adobe, uh, Google is doing with Project Ara there, where they're making this modular phone that, depending on your usage of the phone, you can add and remove pieces to customize it to you. What if Adobe did that, and you know, not not so much that the footprint of Photoshop is so big that's taking up so much space in my hard drive, but just what if I wanted, what if I wanted rudimentary 3D, and that's what I use sometimes, but 
you know, I get this big project and I really need heavy 3D in there. And I mm -hmm. could go buy this module for 30 bucks, slap it on there, and now I have a full 3D engine that behaves just like Photoshop. Right. Yeah. So maybe you guys talked about this in a different show. They just let me back out of, uh, you know, where I go between shows. Yeah. Um, what about Affinity? Have you guys beta tested Affinity? We did. We talked about it in okay. 400, the last episode. Derek, you remember that, right? Mm, no, I wasn't, I wasn't in that one. Oh, you weren't on Twitter. Have you, have you was, played with Affinity? I have not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it is, so it is interesting. It's an interesting direction. But one of the topics I raised about Affinity um, was, is, and this is very timely, is Adobe and Photoshop too entrenched for the folks like Affinity and Pixelmator and those other guys that come in and chip away mm -hmm. at the market? Or, or in other words, are the people that are going to those software programs or to those programs, are they just the disenfranchised, I hate creative crowd people mm -hmm. that are looking for something else and Adobe's still going to maintain the bulk of everybody? Yeah, uh, no, I, you know what? I, I mean, I look at how much I love the Instagram UI on my iPhone. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, I never would have thought, oh, yeah, I want an Instagram. But I love that user interface and the things that I can quickly do with my snapshots. So anybody who underestimates and says, oh, we don't have to make, we don't have to continue to improve the UI experience. I mean, that's, that's ultimately, as you, you mentioned, Quark. Yeah. That's what killed Quark, right? Yeah. And that's why InDesign is ubiquitous now. Yeah. Um, Quark owned it. None of us, and that's, that's a lesson that shouldn't be forgotten for anybody who's involved in software. It's all about the evolution of the user experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, should, you, should, you should go back in time and, you know, call a meeting with Kodak and Polaroid. <laughs> Polaroid. And, you know, the road is littered with people that, that uh, failed to change with the times, right? Yeah. 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 So, all right, guys, let's move on to uh, story number four here. Unless, Derek, you have anything else to say on Photoshop turning 25? Uh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations, yeah. Adobe. Yeah. yeah. Whip turns 400 and Adobe turns 25. Coincidence? Yeah. There <laughs> All right. Uh, our last story is about photographer Peter Lick, who's been on Twip a lot. We should get this guy on the show. Um, so the story is a few weeks ago, we discussed that the world's most expensive photograph, Phantom, is being sold for $6.5 million. This past week, the New York, Times, New York Times ran an interesting article on the creator of that photograph, Mr. Peter Lick. In the article, they revealed that Lick has sold close to one half a billion dollars in fine art prints. And if the figures are accurate, that would make Lick the most successful fine art photographer in terms of money. <coughs> Excuse me. And Lick admits to that. So, so, so for you guys, uh, so the questions are, there's some quotes in here that, I put, that we put in the show notes. And one of them is, um, you know, so is Lick a great fine art photographer? Or is he just a great marketer or PR guy? So I want to put that out to you guys. Uh, Derek, I want you to take this first. And the, my spin on that question is, does it matter at, at a half a billion dollars? Does it matter if he's a marketer, PR guy, artist, you know, macaque, whatever? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I think, first of all, I think the numbers are a little squishy. And I, I remember seeing some, some questioning about the 6.5 million and all that. Mm -hmm. So, but even, let's just say we cut the numbers in half. Yeah. yeah. Still, it's still a lot of, still a lot of dough, isn't it? Three million. 
Three and, million. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I would say he's, he seems to be a very good businessman. And, yeah. And, uh, and that is, you know, the, the focus of, you know, what he's doing. And, uh, you know, photography happens to be, you know, the, the product that he uses for his business. But I suspect that regardless, if, if he was, uh, you know, in some other medium or doing some other product that he would probably be very successful. Also, he, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's, he's good at that, but, um, you know, and, and then, so there, we can just put a bookmark there and, and see what Sil says, but you know, then we get into the whole, okay, artist versus businessman and all that kind of stuff, which is, yeah. I think, another interesting thing to talk about. Well, Sil, I want to have you weigh in on this too. I want to read the second piece. Um, so they, this was an interesting piece to me, putting on the marketing hat. So they say, how did he manage to sell Phantom, that print, for $6.5 million? So according to the article, six, six months ago, he had an idea. And nearly every Peter Lick photograph is printed in a, quote, limited edition of 995. The first, prints, the first print sells for $4,000 with the price rising as the edition sells out. With his eye fixed on a record-setting sale, he printed a single copy of Phantom. Then he alerted a handful of his most ardent collectors, one of whom, he said, agreed to the $6.5 million price. And before the deal was signed, Mr. Lick hired a PR firm to make sure that the sale and the record were noticed. Sil, does this inspire you to go grab your Epson printer and print one print on it and just put it on Smug Mug and put like a $5 million price on it? What do you think? I got a lot of thoughts on this one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I look, at, I look at Phantom and I go, how many guys – have been in you know the slot canyons antelope canyon and um if this is taken where if that was taken where i'm pretty sure it was taken you know there's a navajo tour guide behind that corner who's throwing sand up into the shaft of that light that happens at a certain hour and certain days of the year it's a widely known phenomenon and in the context of photoshop i'm not calling lick out i'm just i looked at this image and i go oh that's like a really nicely photoshopped image shot in Antelope Canyon in, in Northern Arizona, Southern, Southern Utah. Yeah. Um, as for the whole thing about being, you know, a, a, a good business person, it's obvious that he's a good business right, person. I know. <laughs> right. I would sponsor TWIP if I could sell a print for $6.5 million. Um, so I, you know, there's a whole lot of hype and let's face it. We should not try to affix an understanding of the value of art relative to what people are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Now in the, in the art world, I think I said this on the show last time when I was on a month or so ago, you know, I've gone back to school. I'm working on my master of fine arts degree now at Leslie university. And um, so I got to like learn the world of contemporary art, not just the world of contemporary photography and, you know, like guys like Damien Hurst, who, um, an artist that has been phenomenally successful in a financial world. Um, and there is a whole lot of persona. I mean, the, the guy that everybody would probably know as being one of the first to do this was Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody who figured out, oh, here's how we sell art. And here's how we sell experience. And here's how we sell persona. You know, so uh, I, I'll, I'll flat out say it. Um, you know, a lick photograph selling for $6.5 million is not like an Edward Weston pepper number 30 selling for $6.5 million, if it ever could. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the test of time 
will be the true test of Lick's photographs. And maybe one person who had a lot of money, there's no explaining, in my mind anyway, what happens in you know, seven, eight, nine figure art sales. Um, and when you look at what happens around the world with billionaires, not so much out of Russia anymore because of the oil thing, but you know, the Russian oil oligarchs dominated the art scene for a long time. Right. Um, there was a Matisse, I think it was, that sold uh, two, three weeks ago for like $350 million. And it's going to a museum in Qatar. So hopefully it's going to be a public museum so that piece will stay accessible to the eyes of the common man. Mm -hmm. So I just shrugged my shoulders. I mean, there's no doubt he is a, he is a fantastic business person. Um, and the fact that he can garner an audience of affluent buyers and then create a product, it doesn't matter whether it's a suit or a photograph. He's got his label on it, and there are people who are apparently willing to pay the price. Um, and I also, you know, like $6.5 million, the fact that he hired a PR firm, well, that's money in the bank for him because mm -hmm. now somebody's going to come along and say, well, um, I want to buy some status. I'll give you $7 million for your next special deal. Let me know. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder the, those numbers, not, not being, you know, adept in the art buying world, but I wonder when you pay that much money for a piece of art, that was previously worth nothing, presumably, because it was just paper. And, you know, he created the art, put it on the paper, and then it was sold at $6.5 million. You're essentially printing money at that point. So when you, if you, the, in the case of Phantom, does it really hold that $6.5 million price? Like, if you wanted to sell it again, can he get, can he recoup his money out of it or more? Like, you know, he sold Phantom, the person who, who bought Phantom sold it for 10 million in 2017. Is it, could that happen or will the, does it just, is it in the eye of the beholder? Yeah, that's, that's the test of time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, will this hold its value? Will he be able to do it again? Yeah. Or, you know, will the guy who paid $6.5 million for it donate it to his alma mater and take some huge tax write off? I, I don't know. It's, it's much, much too early to tell yeah. uh, what the bigger implications are. Um, the, the fact ink, that it, the, the, fact the print is still drying. So <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the fact that it's sold for that price, I just shrug my shoulders and say, you know, it's an interesting story, but it's, it's like, so what? I'm not, I'm never going to sell a print for 6.5 million bucks, mm. nor am I ever going to buy a print for 6 million bucks. Right. Right. Um, Derek, Derek, what do you, what do you think about this? I mean, we, you know, we've, we've talked about the story on the show before, but from this particular angle of the marketing side of it and the valuation of quote, fine art pieces, where, where do you fall on this? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with still on this. I think it's an interesting story. I, I mean, I like reading about it too. Uh, it's not really accessible to me. It's not really part of my world. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so beyond being an interesting story, that's about as far as it goes. The ones that interest me a little bit more are the guys that raise like $10,000 selling prints on Instagram and things like that, where you go, wow, I, I actually want to look and see what this guy's doing, because that, that might be something that, you know, that I could do. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I, I do like success stories and I do like watching how uh, people, uh, you know, merge business and art together. Yeah. And especially at, at levels where maybe it's something that I could do. And so and I don't I don't feel like you're selling out when if you 
get paid well for for the work you do i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all yep. so um i i follow all these stories but but peter's story to me is just like way out there i mean it's just uh, it, there is a whole mindset there that is foreign to me and that i will never run in those circles that look at the i mean i'm wearing the wrong shirt already you know you know so you know so uh you, you know but, but i think it's fun and i think it's interesting love it love it all right always something new in the photography world yeah yeah we're we are going to skip the uh this q a because i believe the question that's in the notes we already answered on a previous episode. Uh, but before we jump into our picks of the week, I want to thank our next sponsor for this episode of TWIP. And that's our friends and Derek's friends over at lynda.com. Yeah. It's already February. So what are you waiting for? It's time to invest in yourself this year and start learning something new over at lynda.com with a free 10-day trial. Now, Lynda is used by millions of people around the world, and they have over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. And all of their courses are taught by experts, and new courses are added to the site every single week. So whether you want to set new financial goals, invest in a new hobby, find a new job, or improve upon your current job skills, lynda.com has something for everyone. And you can sign up for a free 10-day trial today by visiting lynda.com slash twip. And you'll get unlimited access to every course on lynda.com. You'll get access to view tutorials on tablets and iPhone and Android mobile devices. Plus, you'll get access to those new courses that they add every week. And some of the videos that I personally recommend are Foundations of Photography, Exposure and Composition. Also, be sure to check out The Practicing Photographer. Also, The Traveling Photographer series with Mr. David Hobby, aka The Strobist. Once again, invest in yourself. Sign up today for a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com twip. And you know what? Go ahead. I challenge you to learn something new in 2015. Once again, that's lynda.com slash twip. All right, guys, let's jump into the picks of the week. Remember, you guys can pick anything to recommend to the twip audience as long as it is somehow even tangentially related to photography. Mr. Sill Arena, what is your pick of the week? So I want to give a shout out to the guys over at the New 55 Project in Cambridge, Massachusetts. New 55 um, came into my life a year or so ago. It was a Kickstarter. These are some really smart guys that are trying to bring back the Polaroid type film that actually had a black and white negative in it. So you get a four by five shot and you get a four by five negative. So, um, anyway, I think it's a great project. They raised 450,000 bucks. They probably need twice that amount to pull off what they're trying to do, but, um, they are incredibly dedicated and to a large degree, what they're doing is being done in public. Their blog post, which is what, or their blog, which is what I've linked to, yeah. um, provides amazing details, things I don't even understand, but it's made me. Uh, a huge fan and I'm not even a guy who likes black and white but I certainly gave him support in Kickstarter and I'm sharing the love today because I really believe 
that some of the most interesting things happening in the future of photography are going to be happening through channels like this where some really bright people get together to either create new technology or bring back old technology in a new way. So that's what New 55 Project is all about. Love it. Cool. Definitely. I was uh, sharing some some uh, screen sharing that site while you were talking there. So we'll cool. definitely link over the, to that from the, uh, the blog post for this episode. All right, Mr. Derek Story, what about you? What is your pick of the week? So, you know, Frederick, we've, we've talked about this off and on, and I've been just kind of lurking and posting a little bit on Ello. Yeah. And uh, I, you know what? I like it. I like oh, it. Really? Yeah, I, I have, you know, we, we, you know, we've talked about it before a little bit. But uh, so I think that now they're, they're, there are enough people on there and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. It, for anyone who doesn't know, it's um, E-L-L-O dot C-O, not, not dot com. It'll take you to some other wacky site. Um, E-L-L-O dot C-O. And it's, uh, it's a social network for photographers and artists and designers. And uh, their premise is that they're not going to go down the road of advertising and, and uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff they're going to keep it pure so to speak yep. and um so i you know i've been watching the stuff that goes on there and uh it's attracting a, a different kind of artist and a different kind of photographer what we're looking at right now is just my stuff but um you know the other folks that are posting on there are doing some i think things that i just don't see anywhere else and uh and then i feel like i can post things that that i maybe can't post anywhere else and there's a there's a certain amount of freedom to it and it's a certain it feels fresh to me yeah. compared to everything else i'm doing so i i just if if you had heard about it and and gave it a look and maybe when it first came out it wasn't your sort of thing i think uh it's 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 coming along now and there's enough people involved to where uh, it might be worth a revisit time to give elo another look huh yeah i think so i think so yeah, it's a, it's cool. Yeah, it's curious. Are you are you ditching Facebook for Ello, or are you gonna just add it to your portfolio of social media sites? I think it's a, that's a good question. And in fact, I was writing about different social media sites today on on the blog, and um, I'm not ditching it for anything. It, it is it's it's its own thing to me, and so it kind of fills a hole that none of the other ones do. So yeah. it's not instead of anything. I I think it's in addition to. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, photographers are always or, you know, I always say, yeah, and. it's yeah, okay to use know. the word and. <laughs> it is. And, you know, and, and I, I think what I would say to people is that, uh, you know, a lot of times what happens is, you know, as photographers, we sort of get typecast like actors do. And, uh, you know, so they expect us to, to post a certain kind of thing on Instagram or post a certain kind of image on Flickr or, or wherever our communities are. And we, and we sort of get trapped in that, you know, we don't want to disappoint or whatever. And I, I think when something new comes along like this, it allows us just to have a clean slate. In other words, I can post anything now. I'm not trapped by what people think I should do on Flickr or Instagram or anything yeah. else like that. And just do something that I, I hadn't been able to show before. And that's kind of neat because that makes me feel like I can, I can keep experimenting, but yet still have, you know, discussion around the shots. Yeah. I love the, the big, beautiful images on Ello. It's mm -hmm. just like, you know, it's like they're designed for us people that want to show images. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really think they're sincere in what they're doing. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I hope, 
I'm proven right on that. Yep. Love it. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap this up but real quick. My pick in honor of Photoshop week is drum roll, please. Our friends over at creativelive.com oh, are yeah. doing a Photoshop week. So it's Photoshop week 2015 in celebration. I would assume that they coincided it with Photoshop turning 25. So all week, they are, um, it's all Photoshop. So for six days, I believe, they got two channels running. We've got the schedule up on the screen here, but if you just Google Creative Live Photoshop Week, you'll find this page. Um, but they've got folks like Matt Klaskowski there, um, Aaron Nace, Jared Platt, Tim Gray, Mike Kelly, Ben Wilmore, Jason uh, Hobb, Julianne Cost, Chris Orwig, Dave Cross, Colin Smith, um, Julio Kaminsko, McKim, and Paul Tranny all there. All, all these folks are doing, are tackling various aspects of Photoshop and doing training on there and it's the 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 creative live model of watch it for free live or buy on-demand access to watch it later so yeah 13 instructor they've got 13 instructors over six days and 48 classes so by the time you hear this episode of twip we'll be way into day the last day actually so you won't be able to watch this live but you'll be able to go back and if you're a creative live subscriber or you want to purchase these, you can go to Creative Live and buy them. So I thought that was pretty cool of them to, uh, you know, to do this. And I know they did this last year, but I think this year is a little bit more pertinent because it's the, the 25th anniversary of Photoshop. So congratulations to those guys for helping push the education side of the world forward, along with our sponsor, Lynda.co. <laughs> <laughs> see how i did that you see what i did right there yeah you put what? that little bow on the end that's yeah. nice right yeah well done frederick well done <laughs> what i do that's what i do <laughs> all right guys we're at the end of another episode of this week in photo and thank our sponsors uh for their support of the show as always without them the lights would be off literally so Derek story where can people go to keep up with you uh, the digital story.com and everything flows through there. And Even your LO is there. Right? Well, you know, I haven't got my LO on there, but I, I, I am going to do that. I am going to do that. You made it your pick and it's not linked to from your site. Come on. I know, I know, I know. But you have a blog post at the digital story that's talking about LO. That yeah, it's so right on the front page right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, so good. there is, yeah. So there is a link on there, but it's not in the nav bar yet. I need to get in the nav bar. Yeah, do it. Do it before the show goes live, and you'll. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go right now. You get four days, man. You four days. <laughs> All right, thanks, Derek, for coming on. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Yes, same here. Thank you. All right, and Mr. Sill Arena, where can you? Uh, where Where should people go to keep up with your antics? So, <laughs> talk to my parole officer, uh, or if you can't find him, um, head over to my blog, Pixelated, P as in Paul, I-X-S-Y-L-A-T-E-D, pixelated.com. Awesome. And to you, sir, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure having you on. I know this is a late night for you because you stay in the classroom to suck up their bandwidth to do two. <laughs> It's a good link. It's worth staying for. <laughs> yes, it is. Very good. Well, welcome, and thanks for, thanks Thank for coming you. on. I appreciate Always it. Always a pleasure. All right, listeners and TWIP Army, be sure to visit our website over at thisweekinphoto.com. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. Weekend Photo is a PixelCore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn. 
with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.